If you could take one of us out on a date, who would it be? Oh, you and I, could, we usually get wrapped up. We'll do like a five-minute phone call, and it's like a half hour later, and we're, we're talking about 15 different things then. So I feel like uh, for a date, you and I, just conversationally, we, we could have a, a really great time uh, as long as you're not waking up in the morning next to me, <laughs> you know. We're good. I, I think I'm fine because you're gonna. I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna roll over and look at me like. Eh, 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 eh. I'm gonna be like, no, get what, get the hell out. Why did you stay the night? So. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland Goldstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one side to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Blinkers Off, episode 484. And if you can, uh, if you're watching us live, you can see special guests tonight, Magic. What is up, man? Oof, man, I am just uh, all over everybody's internet today. I'm so sorry. I had Dr. Miranda's show this morning, the Magic Mike show in the afternoon, and, and now here on Blinkers Off because uh, I guess you guys are getting a little bit of snow there in the Midwest. Yeah, so uh, Jared has the kids, and usually his parents come over to watch uh, the kids while we do the podcast. Problem is, his parents are pretty much snowed in. Uh, I think you said it on the Magic Mike show that Jared lives uh, in the middle of nowhere. That's not exactly true, but his parents really do. Like, I doubt his parents will be able to get down their driveway for probably three or four days. So you're here, Magic. You're, You're with us now. I love it. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be on. Uh, I usually just am in the background uh, listening and, and looking at all the comments and laughing. So I'm happy to happy to be on this side of things. And uh, I haven't been on Blinkers Off since you started hosting and you started introducing new segments. So I'm excited to be part of that for the first time. All right. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that for sure. Uh, you know, I was talking to my dad about you the other day because he was really bragging how you make his articles look so good. Uh, and, you know, dad doesn't really understand uh internet i guess you could say and so he's like i just save a rough draft and then i get online to see the article and it's like wow so i told him i said magic is the glue that holds the whole thing together you know if we're a baseball team you're the utility player right it's like we need an outfielder day magic can do it we need a second baseman magic can do it that's that's what you are to the team so uh i always love when you're on uh, this is actually your second blinkers off appearance this week right because we did a little Kentucky Derby update as well. So, right? Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, listen, if I can be the utility player, I'll be the best damn utility player. I'll be Sean Figgins out here. Just just put me, put a jersey on me and point where you want me to stand, and, and I am there for you, man. <laughs> and that's why you're the best employee ever right there. Yeah. So, um, listen, I listened to Magic Mike. You said you had two best things you saw today, and, and Mike chose the non-horse racing related one. So I'll ask you now, what is the horse racing related best thing you saw today? 
I'm actually glad that he went non-horse racing related because I wanted to talk about the horse racing one with you. So I, I'm glad that that happened. The uh, best thing that I saw, a couple shout outs to fans of our show, of your show, of the whole Racing Dudes team. Uh, John Lee's got a new condo um, that, that he just recently signed off on. So he's getting ready to move into a nice big new condo down near Del Mar. Uh, uh-huh. And then Michael Myers, who's a f- big fan of the show, is on the Fantasy League team with Dan this year. We're real excited to uh, have him as part of the team. He not only got a new house, he also got a huge job promotion. You and I were talking. We're like, man, he all of a sudden got quiet, wasn't around the live streams that often. And uh, we got, I was getting a little worried, so I went to check on him. I said, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, just, I wasn't poking, but I just said, asking how everything was going. And he said, yeah, got a promotion. So he's a regional supervisor. He's got, like, I don't know, 40, 50 people underneath him. He oversees three different buildings. And, oh, yeah, by the way, wife and I got a new house, too, and everything like that. So I was like... <laughs> Wow, congratulations. So uh, I wanted to give him a tip of the cap, and of course, John Lee's as well. Uh, John Lee's told me that uh, he's now got the party house, the party shack down at Del Mar. So when the boys are in town, we're all coming to Del Mar. We're all crashing at John Lee's place. Um, he just said we have to bring our own booze. But I said, that's no problem. We got that covered, John. Is that is that true? Like, that's actually going to happen? You guys up for a toga party? Toga! Toga! I think they like the idea, Hoof. In so many words, he said that. <laughs> That's, I mean, he told me about the house. That's what he was talking about, right? Like, we were, I was drinking when he t- texted me. I don't know if he was. I assume he was. That is amazing. Like, that is the best news I've heard all year. So, Congratulations to John. I'll, hopefully I see John in about a month. Uh, Will Rogers Downs about a month away. So hopefully I see him. And yeah, listen, uh, Michael, if you'd be probably not watching this, but if you are, I was asking around. I was like, oh man, what happened to this guy <laughs> in magic? Thank you for checking on him. And that's really good news. So congratulations to you both. And John, come on now. We're friends. Come on. Come on. Let's have a little party at Del Mar. That'd be great. I just want to know, and I'll ask you this too, uh, mm-hmm. guys, what is it like to own a house? <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. Uh, unless you've got about a million and a half to your name, no, <laughs> that doesn't happen here. Well, thankfully, when you live out in the middle of nowhere, like I do, um, you don't have to have a million dollars. So that's that's positive. Uh, I like to live in an apartment better <laughs> because there, if something breaks, uh, I, I just call a person and they fix it. And if the yard needs mowed, they mow it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not as stressful. Uh, now listen, we, we are very lucky to live in a really nice house now. And, uh, it's, listen, it, it's overrated though. I, I, I'll just be honest. It's overrated. We, when we first moved to Joplin, we lived in a beautiful apartment complex. It had a pool, it had a hot tub, it had a gym, it had a movie theater room. Whoa. Uh, it had a storm shelter, you know, it was great. And then we moved. I'm like, oh, no. So trust me. Um, it's not it's not so bad, Magic. Don't 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 be jealous. Um, all right. Best thing I saw today. And this kind of goes along the John uh, Lee's con- or, uh, uh, thought. But Fauner Park starts tomorrow. Y'all remember Fauner Park? That little track up in Nebraska who carried the frickin sport for two and a half months last year. It's back. It starts tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. Um, yeah, they got seven races and all of our good buddies are there. All, all, all the shitty jockeys are there. <laughs> the trainers that we had to handicap for two and a half months. Uh, in all seriousness, I'll say this. Don't forget about Fauner Park and Will Rogers. Uh, Will Rogers about a month away. Fauner Park, like I said, tomorrow. 
give these give these tracks a little bit more attention than you used to. And remember, even though they may have pissed you off from time to time, they carried us. They gave us something to do on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Without them, I, and this is honest to God, I don't know where we would be as an industry still today without those guys. So Fonder Park start tomorrow. I'm really super excited about it. Uh, Magic, are we going to do a Magic Mike Fonder Park show this year? I'm so glad you made Fonder Park the best thing you saw because I was uh, I almost made the one of the segments later. I almost made that Fonder Park returning tomorrow the the thing that I was most excited about. So uh, that was uh, that's pretty exciting. I I don't know. I think we have to do a Magic Mike show reunion uh, for Fonder Park only if you can come on. And yeah. the reason I say that is because. Not only did Fonner Park uh, save the industry, it was Fonner Park, Will Rogers, and Tampa Bay Downs in the middle yep. of the week saving the freaking industry. Uh, that episode of the Magic Mike show is the highest listened to show that we've done that wasn't about the Derby or the Breeders' Cup. That is the highest numbered show that we've ever done. And I'm like, I saw those numbers and I was like, how the hell? And I'm like, there literally was nothing happening and it was Fonner Park. That's why. So for nothing else, we have to show them love and support, like you were saying, for saving everybody last year. You know, it's funny because you you came on with us, meaning full-time racing dudes, employee, right as everything closed down. And I was wicked, like, stressed because I'm like, oh, my God. you Because know, it's, it's, it was always Jared and I. And it's like, well, it's ours. So whatever happens, happens. But now we're going to hire this guy. We've taken him away from, you know, a real job. And now we're not going to be racing. And how am I going to pay this guy? And yeah, <laughs> Fonner Park, Will Rogers Downs. That's how. So, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just, it's, it's, it was a very stressful memory. But now that it all worked out, it's kind of a happy memory. So that's, uh, yeah, that's well, crazy. And you bring up the fact that uh, I had just started working for you. So literally a year ago today is when I walked into my boss's office and handed her my re- printed off resignation letter that I had had typed for about a month. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So it was literally a year ago today because uh, I walked in. It was my six-year anniversary with the company. And it was like, mm-hmm. hey, congrats on six years. I said, thanks. I'm gone. <laughs> then you text me and say, hey, I'm coming to work for you. I was like, you are? <laughs> Great. Hurry up. There's something called a a pandemic happening. I'm not quite sure, but hurry up and come on over to our (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come right about. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It was stressful. But anyway. um, All right. Let's uh, let's let's get into the show. Kind of uh, what we're going to do today. We're going to preview the Saudi Cup and the Buena Vista. And then uh, we're going to do rapid fire like we've been doing. Most exciting race. uh, uh, Long shot pick of the week. And then your your, uh, lock that shit up pick of the week. Uh, or, uh, it, you know, best best bet of the week, I guess, is the correct way to say it. Um, and uh, I've got a little game at the end. So make sure if you if you want to know about magic, stick around for the end because oh. it's questions for our guest and he has to answer them. I can ask a question. You guys in the chat can ask a question. Anything you want to know from magic, you can ask him questions for our guest. We're going to get to know magic on this show in a personal way to end the show so stick around for that all right magic are you ready for some saudi cup talk not anymore i'm not i didn't know we were doing that (laughs) i didn't know we were doing a game about me at the end of this oh boy uh yeah no (laughs) saudi cup i'm ready for um let's see if we can stretch this out long so that by the time we get to the end of the show we have to skip that segment because we did the show just went on for too long (laughs) all right well i'm gonna rush through my selections for all this (laughs) All right, without further ado, what does Jared always say? He says, let's go, right? Let's go. (laughs) 
it's still finger on a king head. All right, here we go. It's the $20 million Saudi Cup, the richest race in the world. And boy, isn't it strange to say that, a race just two years old and uh, really not getting a lot of hype uh, in the United States still. Uh, but here it is. It's $20 million race, like I said, going a mile and an eighth for four-year-olds and upward. Magic, we had a lot of talk within uh, you and I and Jared's like uh, text message chain about why why does nobody care about this race? Why is it not you know why is it not catching on here? The Dubai World Cup, it feels like it is. Why do you think this race just doesn't have the hype around it? Well, I think uh, part of it is just its second year. Uh, you you kind of need even with the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, the first couple of years, it was very top heavy. And then you started seeing uh, a more rounded field, uh, at least from top to bottom. Uh, with the Saudi Cup, too, you got to remember, with the pandemic happening now, a lot of these people aren't able to travel, like the humans. So if you wanted to send a horse out there, you got to worry about, am I going to be able to go? Uh, this is a, an issue that Brendan Walsh talked about with Maxfield. It, Sure, you'd love to send him to, to go after $20 million in a, a nation where the Godolphin ownership is very prevalent. So they would want to do that. But but Brendan can't travel or he can't bring the jockey. Or There's so many factors right now that I think that with everything happening in the world, a $20 million horse race isn't really popping up anybody's radar because it's not the first time. I'm willing to give this one more year. I want to see who shows up next year. Uh, mostly from America, because uh, I think that we have the best dirt horses in the world. And I want to see what kind of participation we get in year three. Kind of like with uh, when you have a rookie in a sports league like the NFL. Okay, the rookie, they're going to make mistakes. There's going to be some flash. The second year, you're going to go through some stumbling pains. The third year, that's when you really want to see, are you stepping forward? Are you progressing? Or is this something that was kind of a failed experiment? And, you know, they can keep it at $20 million. I don't know how many Americans want to keep participating. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I look back at the Pegasus because they tried to be the richest, you know, horse race in the world when it first started. And, you know, we had California Chrome versus Arrogant for the first Pegasus and, and people were excited, but the, it seems like the, the horse racing media just wasn't. And they just, they never really have. While the Pegasus has grown and grown from a fan perspective, I think it is a big deal now uh, for sure. I look at this the same way. I think you're right. It's going to need time. Um, I also think it's not like Dubai. We know Maidan Racecourse. Like, we've mm -hmm. seen it. And, and with this, it's like I had to look up the name of the racetrack. I, I still didn't even know what it was. And, and I sent you, like, uh, the text for, like, uh, the little paragraph preview, and I, I messed it all up. You know? He's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I screwed all that up. have to look at, look at it again. So – it's just so it's just kind of awkward uh, is, is the best way to put it to us right now. OK, let's talk about the race, though. Uh, like you said uh, before we before we got going here, you wrote the preview uh, for this race on the website. Thank you for doing that. The reason why you did it and not and me is or not me because I'm too lazy to look up these international horses. So uh, kind of tell us what you learned when you when you did that and uh, who you lean into here. Well, uh, I learned that uh, just like last year, there's a lot of European horses coming in that have turf form and they're all maybe some synthetic form. None of them have gotten kicked in the face with dirt. And uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of them struggle with that again here. You've got 14 horses uh, plus and also eligible. And kind of like the Pegasus World Cup when it was first starting out, you got a couple of really big stars and then you got a lot of filler where you're, it, wild cards, it, if there's a price play or a hunch play that you have to put someone underneath, 
go for it because with a lot of these horses, your guess is going to be as good as what their connections can put forth. Uh, really, it comes down to two horses, and this isn't a surprise, right? It's Charlatan and Bob Baffert. It's Nick's Go and Brad Cox. And your question is, which of the two fast horses do you think is going to be faster at the end of a mile and eighth trip? I don't know about you. I was going back and forth until about eh, 25 minutes ago. I think about five minutes before we went live, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to lock in and put Charlatan on top. But it's it's so close for me. Uh, the big reason that I'm picking Charlatan is if you remember with the Malibu Stakes, of course you do, you and I were both really high on a super fast horse for Steve Asmussen called mm-hmm. Nashville. Hadn't lost, looked amazing, looked unbeatable. Well, then you face Charlatan. Charlatan kicked his ass six ways to Sunday in the Malibu Stakes going seven furlongs, his first race in seven and a half months. Uh, Nashville's way off the board. And Charlatan, that race, for the first time, stalked a horse. Instead of going to the lead, he showed that he can stalk and be just as lethal with that kick when he needs to pass a horse. Uh, Mike Smith was aboard that day for the first time. Mike Smith's out there to ride him this time. Uh, It's Bob Baffert. You know he's going to have him ready. John White uh, talked about in his column that he was picking Nick's go over Charlatan because Charlatan's only time going a mile and an eighth. He got a 96 buyer. It's the only time he's had less than a 105. Good problem to have. The issue I took with what John said about that is, yeah, he, it was his first time trying a mile and an eighth. It was also very early in his three-year-old season, and we didn't see him again until late December. This is a horse that if he hadn't gotten hurt or whatever happened to him, would have been the Kentucky Derby favorite. Over-authentic, over-tis the law. This horse was just right at the top of the game when we last saw him. I don't understand why he can't handle this. A mile and an eighth, if this was two turns, could be an issue, but he's he's not going two turns. This is like Belmont. A mile and an eighth is just one really long stretch, a turn, and then another really long stretch. And I think with a horse like him, who's got that sprinter kick, I think that's what puts him over the edge. But really, you could go either way with these two. Yeah, you're right. It's a two-horse race, in my opinion, as well. I'm glad you picked Charlatan, because I'm going Nick's go on top. I'm going to go back to my boy Nick's go. Um, I agree with what you said about the distance. I don't really hold that Arkansas Derby effort of charlatans against him here. Um, I also agree. It's not like I've read, I've read again, a lot of people going, it's going to be a pace meltdown between these two. It's not going to be between these two. There might be a pace meltdown, but it's not going to be Nick's going charlatan. Charlatan's going to sit off. Nick's goes going to go. I, I really believe that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Why would I say that? Well, look at Nick's goes last three races. And then look at Charlatan, like you said, in the Malibu. It's kind of seems obvious to me. Um, I think Nick's go might just be in a little bit better form right now. Um, We've seen that big race in the Pegasus, and uh, we haven't seen Charlatan since since that Malibu. So maybe he's just in a little bit better form, a little bit uh, more fit coming into this race. Uh, And and that gives a little bit of the edge because you're just kind of looking for anything to, to kind of push one over the other. And I think your point of Charlatan's going to get the Malibu trip is a good way to push Charlatan ahead. But I don't think Nick's go is going to stop like Nashville. Uh, if you remember, Nashville didn't finish second in that race. You know, he, he just quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we know better than to think that Nick's go is going to quit. I also think the one turn uh, race will help Nick's go even though, yes, he has won around two turns uh, a few times, obviously, um, I still think he's better going a little bit shorter. And I think getting a mile and eighth going one turn will be easier. So uh, Nick's go on top for me. Yeah, Charlatan is right there as well. 
Um, I want to ask you, who is the long shot, though, that could that could blow this thing up, whether it be a win or maybe split these two and finish second and help an exactor or try payout? Well, and they're the Knicks goes five to two, Charlottetown seven to five, according to uh, to DRF and the odds you've got there too. Yeah, so pretty mm-hmm. much anybody outside those two is you could really argue is a yes. long shot. Um, I'll give you two. Uh, first one I'm looking at is the eleven Mishrif. Um, for John Gosden, this is a, he came to is uh, a turf horse, but he came here last year and he got second in the Saudi Derby behind Full Flat, and we had seen what Full Flat had been able to do against American horses on dirt in the Breeders' Cup before that. So uh, he, the fact that he showed up was able to handle the dirt kickback and get second to a horse that had, was able to bring his form okay against Americans. I think that that's, he's a good horse to use underneath. Uh, six to one isn't really uh, too great of a price, but I think he's got a good shot. comes from John Gosden, who is basically the, the Bob Baffert, the Chad Brown, the, the insert best American trainer name here overseas in Europe. So I, I really don't see why you wouldn't want to use that horse. I also really like the Japanese horse, Chuba Wizard. I might be way off base here, but he's 15 to one. He's coming in with a lot of dirt form. Uh, five of his 10 dirt starts. He's won. Uh, he had, was able to go to the Champions Cup, which is kind of like their big premier Breeders' Cup race. Uh, he was fourth in it uh, last year. He comes in and he wins it by two and a half lengths. He's coming in very strong with very good form. He also noticed uh, on the DRF, it says it's a little bit of a softer ground that day at Chukyo, uh, at Chukyo for that race. When I was researching what jockeys had said about the Saudi track last year and trainers what they were trying to bring in this year they said it's a softer dirt and that's why you're seeing some turf horses come in because they think it's gonna be a little bit more given the ground but the horses that did well on softer dirt tended to do okay at Saudi Arabia now charlatan and Nick's go I think they're so far beyond everyone else in this field that it doesn't matter what kind of condition it is I think that one of those two is gonna win but I think Chua Wizard at 15 to 1 and then John Gosden with Mishrif I think those are the sneaky ones to use underneath I'm really with you on Mishrif. Uh, I, I read uh, John's article as well, John White's article that you, you referred to just a little while ago, and uh, he made a lot of good cases. And yeah, John Gotson, great trainer. Uh, John White used to play charades with John Gotson. How about that? Bet you didn't know that, did you? Um, I've heard that story a few times. Really great story. Uh, John beating so bad he had to go to another country. So <laughs> <I love it. laughs> that's that's why I, I always tell John. He always laughs. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that horse. Um, <laughs> what about like, <laughs> what about Tacitus in this race? <laughs> Can he hit the board here? Can he? Sure, because we we pretty much know who's going to win and probably finish second or third if they don't quit hard. And we don't think either one will. So, could he hit the board? Yes. Do I think he will? No. I think he's, I think fourth. I really think this horse is going to finish fourth in this race. And Dr. Miranda talked about it in her race preview. I've heard Slim talk about it. Uh, Vinny Blonde from Real Dynasty Picks, he even mentioned it to me. They all, everybody seems to think that this is the prep for the Dubai World Cup, which is a mile and a quarter. It's two turns. It's every, everything about how Tacitus runs suggests that that's what he should be doing it is the Dubai World Cup. They tried doing it last year, right? And then the pandemic hit. He went to the Saudi Cup. He got fifth. And then they were planning on going to the Dubai World Cup pandemic hit and everything went to shit and he had to come back to America. So that got derailed. But I, th- I really think that they're just trying to do what they did last year. Put him here, get a prep, get him used to the, the, the desert climate, and <laughs> let's send him to Dubai. Yeah, I don't think he has a shot. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted you to go on a rant about him a little bit. Uh, a couple I other... don't hate the horse. I, it's not that I really hate the horse. I just really love to needle everybody who loves this horse that has won yeah. once in the last two years. Yeah. 
Oh, I know. I, the Jim Dandy is when I was done with him. Uh, I, I He was so primed to win that race. He did everything wrong. He still almost won. That that day I threw, I was at uh, my in-laws house in New York. I was watching on my phone and I threw it up against the privacy fence. Almost broke it. I was so mad. Um, so a couple other uh, American horses that are in this. Max Player making his first start since the Preakness. Uh, there's no doubt. We know this. Linda Rice, his old trainer, said this horse needs a freshening. Uh, the owner said, no, we'll, we'll just send him over to Aspuson and run him uh, in the Derby and Preakness. Uh, Max Player off the freshening. What do you think about him? Uh, bottom of the super, maybe. Uh, and I think that's what Vicky's asking about is, is the exotics. <laughs> I think that underneath, you know, 20 to 1, you can go really short on top and go really, you know, do the mullet style with your tickets here. You know, go really short on the top and really long in the back. Um, I don't... I just don't know about this horse because he, he's a grinder. He's kind of like Tacitus. And maybe he's got a little bit more turn of foot than Tacitus. I like that uh, Umberto Rispoli is going to be on him. Rispoli is coming out from California to ride a few horses. And I think more than one. I think he's on Cohen for Steve Asmussen earlier on the card too. So um, Rispoli is a great jockey. He's, you know, he's Italian. He's raced in Hong Kong, Japan, uh, all over Europe. So he's not scared about anybody or any horse or any condition here. So he's a good jockey to have for you. Um, just, I don't – I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you what do you do with Max Player? I think he's like the poor man's Tacitus. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe maybe that freshening is really what he needed. I think he'll come with a little bit of a run. I I, I don't again, uh, I think Vicky, you had the right idea for exotics. He probably makes a little bit of sense and, and magic, you said it too. Uh, but I just I don't think he can win. Uh one last one we'll talk about uh, uh you know is Sleepy Ice Todd. Uh, this horse is kind of tugs on the heartstrings of the American fans because he just shows up everywhere. And we mean everywhere. Fawner Park, uh, Charlestown, Gulfstream. Uh, well, Remington, comes, Canterbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes off a fourth place finish in the Pegasus World Cup. Never really uh, threatened, uh, but it's still fourth in a big race here in the United States. Now ships over uh, for, for the Saudi Cup. I, I kind of like him underneath. Again, what do you think about him? Yeah, I think it would not surprise me um, if he ends up – he could even sneak up for second maybe. Uh, the reason he got fourth in the Pegasus, part of the reason was he got he got pushed way back, so he was back farther than he's used to running. You look at his form and see that. But he actually was passing horses. Now, a lot of those horses, they quit or they got tired. But CPI's tie kept going, and a lot of these turf horses that are in this race that haven't gotten dirt kicked in their face before – they're not going to like it when by the time they do nine furlongs of getting dirt constantly kicked in yeah. their face, they're going to be so sick of running that they're not going to want to race for six months after this. Sleepy Eyes Todd is the one that's going to be going, I'm going to go by you. 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 And, it, you know, kind of like what looking at Lee did in the Kentucky Derby in 2017. Yeah. He, he's just going to sneak up there and you're not going to see it coming. And the next thing you know, he, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, Nick's go or Charlatan won in second. Sleepy Eyes Todd and the exact paid, you know, the $80. You're like, wait, how did. Wow. Okay. And you're, it's going to make sense afterwards, but in the moment, you're not going to think about it. I like to think in my mind that Sleepy Eyes Todd is that bubbly horse like you just described. Like he's happy and he's running and he's just smiling the whole time because he's got a cool name. He loves to run. He obviously, listen, a horse like this, you take him all over God's green earth. They obviously love to run because he shows up. He shows up every time. He showed up last time. He just wasn't good enough. Uh, you, you know, but he, he still yeah. ran. He so you're right. I, I, I like to think he's a happy horse as well. All right, Magic, I am going to go with Nick's go. You're going to go with Charlatan. Anything else to add before we move on? Uh, well, the, we got a comment here about the oh. uh, the purse money from last year. No, they still have not released last year's purse money 
to maximum security because they're still hoping that the FBI is going to decide that Jason Service was guilty of everything and they'll use that as the basis for not paying him out, which means it then goes to Midnight Bisu and Midnight Bisu just won the world's richest race. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool to me. I, I loved Midnight Bisu. Which is another reason why this race I don't think is caught on. We still don't know who won last year. Now we hear our this year. So, uh, yeah, when you talk when we talk about this race, just not having a luster of what a twenty thousand or twenty million, excuse me, dollar race should have, uh, and maybe maybe a, maybe a, a twenty thousand dollar race at Fonner Park has more luster than a twenty million dollar race <laughs> over at Saudi Arabia. But we're gonna watch it. We're gonna cover it. We're gonna damn sure bet it because we're degenerates here at RacingNews.com. But uh, Make sure to tune in uh, real quick. Uh, this race will be, let me pull this off. It's, it's scheduled for 1240 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and that was another question that I always have with these international races. Like, when the hell is it going to be? 1240 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Make sure to check it out. <laughs> All right, let's travel back to the United States out in Southern California where Magic is located and cover Santa Anita, race seven on Saturday. It's the grade two Buena Vista Stakes, $200,000 for one, uh, or going one mile on the turf for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and upward. And you set off air uh, earlier this morning, Magic. Boy, another really good, strong, deep field at Santa Anita. I'm going to kick it to you first. You are the Santa Anita expert. First thoughts on this race. Okay. Very first thoughts. Um, I realized that I am so happy to be following like very closely now. Uh, sorry, my laptop's about to die. So I got to find my charger. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited that I follow a circuit long enough uh, that I just looked at who was in the race and I knew who I was picking. Uh, and I knew first, second, third, who I was picking. Uh, I don't know if I, that's probably something you're quite used to because you do this all day, every day at every single track mm -hmm. around the country, which is just frankly amazing. I still don't know how you do it and do it well, but for me, I looked at this and I just went, oh, okay, well, that horse is going to be first. Yeah, I'm going to put that horse second. I'm going to put that horse third. It's the easiest handicapping I think I've ever done. Um, that said, it's not, I don't mean to say that to make it sound like I'm not going to actually care about this because I do. Uh, I'm going to go with Mucho Unusual on top, the two horse. Uh, I think this horse has got incredible class. And, in fact, she went to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, if you look at her last five starts – she got caught in the Solana Beach at Del Mar. She's not a she's not a big fan of Del Mar. If you look mm -hmm. at her past performance, it kind of tells you she prefers Santa Anita over Del Mar's turf. Uh, she wins the Rodeo Drive going a mile and a quarter. Goes to the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare turf. She's in way overhead. She's a cow bred that that she's kind of fast on turf. That that was not the spot for her. Comes back and wins the Bobby Frankel. Then comes back and wins the Megahertz. That last one was at a mile. She's got four wins from eight starts at the mile distance. She's just so classy and beautiful, and her form has kept well and. Everything about this Philly, this mayor now, she's five, uh, tells me that she's going to have a big year. And I'm very excited to see what happens with Mucho Unusual because she's a very, very fun California bred. Well, I feel pretty good, Magic, because we're on the same horse. I, I also put Mucho Unusual on top. Um, you really covered it pretty well. Uh, I, I, there's not a whole lot I can add. I also think a mile is, is her absolute best distance. She can win at, at different ones, but I think a mile – is her best distance. The Santa Anita form that really that really pushed me over the edge as well. This horse uh, runs runs her best races at Santa Anita. Uh, you know, I like this horse ever since July twentieth, a race that she actually won at Del Mar. Um, you know, I singled her in a really tough sequence, and I had to single her because I had to go deep so many other places. And I was actually on the Magic Mike show uh, previewing that. I think you were on vacation or something happened. 
Uh, maybe it's Comic Con. Maybe it was Comic Con. I just realized that's Comic Con weekend. Yeah. So you. So uh, I, I. Mike and I were on there, and uh, yeah, I signaled this horse. I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, but you know, the horse kind of did this, like dip down a bit. Mm-hmm. Has come right back up now. I mean, this horse is really in good form. So I'm with you. Mucho unusual on top for me. Now you said you had you know one, two, three immediately. So who are the some of the other horses you're looking at underneath? Well, you're a big fan of the Magic Mike show. Who's my favorite jockey in California? That would be the jockey of the six horse, Ruben Fuentes. That's my man. I'm going to go with Sedemar underneath. And I almost want to put Sedemar on top. It's, it's the class of Mucho Unusual that, that puts her over. But this is another Calvert that's got a really strong chance here. Um, I love that Ruben's getting the mount here. Uh, Umberto Reese believes in Saudi Arabia, as we talked about. He does really well when he rides for Shelby Ruiz. He's on a lot of her horses in the morning as well. So he's very familiar with them. Uh, and he's ridden this horse uh, five times, six times in the past and has never finished off the board on her. So he knows this horse very well. I'm very happy he's finally getting be- the mount back on her. Um, this is a step up in class. She's been doing really well at the, uh, the state bred ranks. And then she went to the mega hearse last out and she was less than a length behind Mucho Unusual, who we're both using on top. Uh, she was gaining ground. It was a four horse race and she gained ground from fourth to almost win it. I think if, if there's a little bit more pace set up, for Mucho Unusual to have to chase, and, and with these turf races, a lot of it's about the trip you get. If Sedemar trips out, look out, man. Eight to one on the morning line, I think you might get closer to ten to one on her. Uh, yeah, and you know, you totally, uh, you, you totally see that rat last race. And if you like Mucho Unusual, you kind of have to like Sedemar. Almost, almost uh, beat her last time out. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I like that pick as well. Another one I kind of thought about for a while is uh, the number four Nasty because uh, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, well, we'll talk about her, and then we can just move on because we, we've, I think we've got the same three in the same order. That's unbelievable. Uh, the four nasty, you know, this horse shows up with big races sometimes for sure. And uh, last time out was on opening day uh, there at Santa Anita uh, on December 26th, and wire to wire win. And why can't this horse do that again? I look at this race and say, this horse could definitely go wire to wire here. Uh, same, same distance at one mile. This is the one they got to run down, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is a horse that since she come to Mandela, her, all three starts, I've played her. I've had such faith in this horse because when she got to Mandela, I heard, he was like, man, this horse is really good. So <laughs> I have to, I've been on it in that first race. Ricky Gonzalez is getting to know her a little bit. She need to be a little more forwardly placed. Uh, and then the next race happens. And I still don't understand exactly what happened in that race uh, two back, but Ricky Gonzalez gets back aboard. It takes her gate to wire. As soon as she got the lead, I was like, that's it. It's over. And we were doing the live show because it was opening day. It was Malibu Day at yeah. Santa Anita. You had counterparty risk in for Chad Brown. He had a couple other horse. Uh, I forget who the other one was that was in the race. But um, they both came into town. They were both very strong on paper. And I was all about nasty and got the job done. Uh, I don't really think she's facing a counterparty risk. We saw what happened with Carter, uh, counterparty risk, and she won her next start. So, I don't know, man. I, I think Nasty is a really great play here. And if you liked what you saw Counterparty Risk do in the Endeavor, that's what it was at Tampa. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you don't like Nasty in this spot in a field that it, there isn't a ton of pace on paper. And she's definitely the pace to me, at least. Yeah, I thought Counterparty Risk ran really good a couple of weeks ago at Tampa. Like that was a horse I took away from that thinking that horse is pretty damn good. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's unbelievable. Uh, that we have the same top three in the same order. Here's a question, Magic. What about Red Lark? What do you think about uh, her in here? 
I think when they cross the wire at a mile, she's going to be just ramping up. <laughs> That's my concern with Red Lark. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think that they needed a spot for her, and I think this is what came up. She, she does her best when she's going to mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter. You see the Del Mar Oaks, the American Oaks. She, she just needs distance. Um, if you want to make the argument that shortening up is going to be good, I think she's a great underneath play. I just think at a mile at Santa Anita, the way the turf course tends to play, you got to be faster than what she is early. They're just not. There aren't a bunch of six furlong horses trying to go a mile for the first time here. Yeah, Mark echoes the the comment there that you're making, and yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I tell you what, uh, one horse I do think we need to cover real quick is the is the a morning line favorite that neither one of us have have in our top three. Number eight, Charmaine's Mia. Um, you know, Flavian Pratt, Phil Diamato, Obviously, a lot of good signs there with connections. Why is that horse not in your top three? Uh, why is this the second time in her? 27 26 career starts that she's going to try routing if she's if she can handle two turns on turf why is this the only the second time in 26 starts that we're giving it a shot i just i i i love the ambition from phil damato uh he was extremely high on charmaine's mia going into that race which i only found out about afterwards i wish i'd known that uh but then he was very high on her uh, chances after that race but i think that she's just gonna there's too much of a class of horse if this was a six horse field like has happened in the past with this race then yeah, Charmaine's me, it might be my top pick. But I think because of the class of horse that she's facing here, trying to route at Santa Anita, I think it's just gonna be a little bit too difficult for her. If you wanna try and use her underneath, I'm not gonna hate you for that one. But mm -hmm. as far as a win goes at a short price, I, I hate trying to play horses at a short price, trying something new like this. Yeah, uh, for me, for the eight, uh, and I'll be honest, I haven't looked at the whole thing as far as the sequence and, and what I'm going to do with the pick four and the pick five yet. That'll be uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Friday morning. I'll do that for the next day, and then we make adjustments Saturday when we get scratches, and then it's set. Uh, that's kind of behind the scenes how I like to do it and how we set up the product. Um, this is one for me. I've got her circled, and if I can go deep enough, I'll use it. You know, but if I can't, if I really need to go short here, I'm going to use the three that we mentioned. So, um, yeah, I, I, I pretty much echo your thoughts there. So um, any, anything else you want to add on this one? or Are we good to move on? No, we're going to move on. <laughs> All right. Time for rapid fire this week. Rapid fire presented by Tough Luck Bob. That's right. Tough Luck Bob's got the favorite in the 20 million dollar Saudi Cup. Come on, pray for Tough Luck Bob. Let's get him a win one time, right? He, he's paid us uh, for sponsorship. He's trying to become a good guy. You know, he's trying to get that street cred back in his favor. Uh, real quick, Magic, Ricky did a poll uh, on Tuesday, and he said, what trainer, if you had a horse and you could send him any trainer, who would it be? And he listed off uh, Baffert, uh, Chad Brown, and Brad Cox, and other. Baffert was the lowest number of votes. And that just shows you because he should be the pick, right? It just shows you how disliked he is right now. Um, I thought that was funny and really like, wow, that is alarming, you know? So uh, anyway, Tough Luck Bob presenting uh, Rapid Fire today. All right, here's what we've been doing, and I think it's been working out well. I really like this format. Uh, we pick out three races from around the country on Saturday. Usually we, we restrict it to stakes races, but this week we're not going to do that because there isn't hardly any. So uh, we, we have the lock that shit up pick, which is basically the best bet of the weekend, the making it rain long shot pick. I think that's self-explanatory and the most exciting race of the week. We're going to start with the lock that shit up pick of the week. Magic. We'll kick it to you. What's yours? Uh, well, before I tell you that, it's very nice of you to offer such a guy who's down on his luck a, a, a discount to be able to sponsor this. Because I know this is not a, a cheap segment to sponsor. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you guys offer tough luck, Bob, and his poor 
poor luck, uh, a little bit of a relief here. I am going to go to Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Race 11, the grade three Royal Delta Stakes. Lock that shit up on the seven, Mrs. Danvers, boy. She's coming back. She's a four-year-old for Suge McGahee. Uh, took her a while to get going. Suge was very patient with her because we know Suge is a patient man, but he takes his time, and boy, when he's got them good, they're still good. So she comes off the Comely Stakes at a mile and an eighth, her first time routing. What happens? She goes gate to wire, gets a 102 buyer. So much best. It's, it's better than anything she's done. It's better than anything else anybody in this field has done. Uh, and that includes Eris, too, who's the three-to-one second choice. Uh, I think Mrs. Danvers is going to blow them out of the water in the Comely Stakes at Gulfstream Park. I think that Suge, with his patience, and it, this is why we love Suge, he took his time. He got her right. And, boy, she just looks so good in that Comely Stakes. I'm very excited to see what happens. Jose Ortiz is back aboard. He's going to love riding her all the way to victory in the grade three Royal Delta Stakes at Gulfstream Park, race 11 on Saturday. Lock that shit up. All right. The lock that shit up pick of the week for me. Let's go to race 11 at Gulfstream Park. It's the grade three Royal Delta Stakes. Please, God, feet. please, God, don't say a different horse. For Phillies and Mares, four-year-old and up. Uh, we haven't talked about this horse yet on the show. I'm going to go with the number seven, Mrs. Danvers. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's funny. We did not talk about uh, who, who, are, who our races are here, and uh, that's hilarious. You said that. I was like, And I thought the same thing, Magic. I was like, oh, God, I hope it's not. Anybody? I mean, I hope it's uh, the seven and not anybody else because it's going to get weird. Boy, am I with you. That race last time out for Mrs. Danvers was fantastic. This is a horse we always were kind of hyped on. And she just didn't really show her best early uh, in the year last year, even mid-year last year. Uh, the stretch out, right? This horse just became a different horse as the distances got longer. I really love Mrs. Danvers here as well. Uh, yeah, let's let's go all in on it. I think, uh, you know, uh, these Lock That Shit Up picks have been doing really well on the podcast since we started them. I think we started them maybe uh, Pegasus uh, weekend, uh, and they've really been doing well. So I have a lot of confidence in Mrs. Danvers as well. I think it's good pick magic. So I think we're one for one uh, to start this thing off. But it gets tougher now because now it's the making it rain long shot pick. All right, Magic. Are we going to have the same horse? Let's see. If we have the same horse with this one, I'm I'm going to fall out of my uber bouncy chair. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, God, I, no matter what happens the rest of the show, you have no idea the stress that just came off me. Because when you said going to Gold Street Park Saturday, I just I was about to hide under the, t the desk because I thought I just made a terrible mistake. So very happy to hear that I didn't do that. I, I do that all on the Magic Mike show. I'm happy I can give you the good stuff on Blinkers <laughs> Off. I'm going to Santa Anita Park. For Friday, that's right. So you better make sure. This is why you got to listen live, folks. You got to listen live because this stuff is coming at you fast and firm, just like the Phillies like it. We're going to race to Santa Anita Park on Saturday, or I'm sorry, Friday. The number two, Madame Barbarian, is 10 to 1 on the morning line. And I don't think we're going to get 10 to 1 because I just realized uh, right before we went to air, there's a one of these horses that's in here. So short price is probably going to scratch. But. If I can lock in anything close to 10 to 1 odds, I'm going to take it, and I'll tell you why. Look at that race last time out. She's a 12-5 claimer level. This is the what we got $25,000 starter allowance, so a little bit of a step up. She destroyed that field, going seven furlongs to Santa Anita. It's a very, very tough distance for any horse to try and do. She beat him by two and a quarter lengths. That should have been easily double that because she got stuck on the rail, which has been very dead at Santa Anita, dirt and turf. 
didn't do well on the rail there. Then had, in a five-horse field, somehow had to wait for traffic in the stretch run. Figure that out. Once she did, she was ducking and diving and dipping and dodging, and she looked like Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee out there. Uh, easily winner at two and a quarter lengths. She's stepping up a little bit, but I looked at this field a couple of times. Like, There's anybody who scares me in here. Uh, you got Jonathan Wong horses to worry about, but uh, the way that she ran in that race – now she's getting Jessica Pfeiffer, who is very, very good at getting horses out of the gate early, so I don't have to worry about her being so far back. This is also an eight-year-old mare who has raced 76 times and won 13. There's nothing that's going to happen in this race that she hasn't seen and tried to overcome before. And the way she ran in the last race, and really since Mullins claimed her for 16K back in October, I really think that this horse is – Going to be able to get home in, in a 10 to 1. If I can lock that in, woo, we're going to make it rain all weekend long in sunny California. Just real quick, because I was trying to get mine set up while you were talking. Um, who did you say was going to scratch out of the race again? Oh, I didn't actually say it. Uh, I think it's going to be the uh, five Sadie Bluegrass. I think because she ran at Golden Gate uh, just over the weekend. And I think that the entries were already submitted for this race. Magic. Okay. I like the six on top in this race. But if the five is going to scratch, I love the two. Second, the two will be – I'll play the two on top of everything. The two uh, the two and the six on top of uh, uh, maybe like the one. Uh, you know, two, six, one, two, six for an exacta. Two, six, one, two, six, one, two, six for the try. Two, six in the pick four and pick five. Great pick. I like it. I don't think you're going to beat the six, but it's still a good pick. When it's you're picking long shots, you just want to turn for home with a good shot. Um, and I think this horse is going to do it. So – I like that. Man, that got me excited because when you said somebody's going to scratch, I was like, all he needs one scratch. And if it's the five or the six, the two's going to move in. So um, good pick. I like that pick. All right. Now let's go to my pick. Uh, and let me set it up here. This is probably like not the professional way to do it. Just live at showing me uh, like moving around, but I don't really care. All right. So I'm going to go to race seven at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. It's a starter allowance going a mile and a 16th on the turf uh, for three-year-olds. And uh, I'm sorry, just for straight three-year-olds. Um, I'm going to go with the number five horse. Yes, this time. Uh, yes, this time. Ran at this level last time out. Uh, at a mile, ran pretty well, got fourth, beaten two and a quarter. That was the first time out for Kelly Breen. Second time out now for Kelly Breen, Paco back aboard. Breen has been kind of kind of a little bit of a slow start at, at, at Gulfstream, no question about it. But I think this horse, second time out for the trainer, uh, I like that angle. I don't love a lot of the other horses in this race, and that, that was a big reason. So eight to one. Uh, also, if you've been watching Gulfstream, speed at Gulfstream on the turf, it's winning a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So I really like the five. Yes, this time, a gate to wire victory. If you watch Paco Lopez, he's very aggressive out of the gate. I think he gets to the horse to the lead. I think we go wire to wire. And I think we kick off the rainbow six with a making it rain long shot. And then you just got to get five more home. It should be pretty easy, right? So uh, anyway, race seven at Gulfstream on Saturday. I'm going to go with the five. Yes, this time. All right, Magic. The most exciting race of the week for you. Well, you told me this was the so excited I'm going to shit myself segment. 
Okay, we already had, I changed it. Here's why. We already had shit once with the lock that up shit pick, right? Or, or lock that shit up pick, excuse me. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a shit pick. Hopefully Are you the one pick. that's drinking? I can't tell. No, I know. I stay sober when I host and I still screw things up. So could you imagine if I had claws right now? Um. Anyway, I didn't want to use shit twice. I thought about throwing in another cuss word. I didn't think of it on time. So most exciting race of the week. Well, it's going to be a little tough then because I, I specifically was thinking this was the so excited I'm going to shit my pants segment because uh, I've been backed up for a week waiting for Laurel Park's Saturday card to show up, starting off with race three, the Miracle Wood Stakes. I'm a sucker for Laurel Park. I like watching Laurel Park horses. I like watching them succeed when they go elsewhere, which doesn't really happen that often, which is why it's so special when it happens. The Miracle Wood Straight three-year-olds going a one-turn mile at Laurel Park. This race is then going to lead into the Federico Tessio Stakes, which then leads into an automatic berth to the Preakness Stakes. But you always see well, one or two horses come out of this, this group here and go off and make some sort of an impact as three-year-olds later in the summer on the normal trail. Always Mining was a horse that I loved following that year um, when he was just winning every single stupid stakes race at Laurel Park and lights out when he was doing it. I'm excited for this race, not just because I've been backed up for a week and because I'm literally going to shit myself. I'm sitting on it for seven days. I'm really excited to see what happens with the four horse. May the horse be with you. Fantastic name, by the way. Yeah. And the five, Kenny had a notion. I'm excited about the fairground circuit because you've got rivalries between Clarier and Travel Column and then for the Oaks. And then you've got Mandaloon, Proxy, and Midnight Bourbon for the Derby. I want to see these two horses keep having a throwdown. The spectacular bid stakes at seven furlongs last out. These horses were right in step with each other every single step of the way. And if Sheldon Russell hadn't dropped his whip at the eighth pole, maybe may the horse be with you wins that race. Maybe he doesn't. Either way, there's a lot of excitement coming into this. So six stake races on the day at Laurel Park on Saturday, and it kicks off with the Miracle Wood. And thank God, because after seven days of all the crappy food that I eat, man, it's starting to hurt a little bit. All right, so congratulations. You just renamed the segment. The the race is called the Miracle Wood Stakes. <laughs> it's the so excited I get wood race of the week now. So congratulations. I love it. <laughs> wow, that, that could not have worked out any better because I was searching for what I want to call this. I don't want to be gross. That's not gross. That's just kind of funny, right? So... Listen, we we can't control it all the time, right? Sometimes it just happens. That's I tell my wife that every morning. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, I can't help it. I wake up like this. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been happening since I was like 15 years old. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So our, our wives are saints. Is the point here? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, my wife's still at work. I mean, come on, she is she is a real saint. Um. All right. And yeah, yours, you said yours stood up to one o'clock working last night. So yeah, somebody's got to work in this household. So <laughs> uh, well, we sit here and talk about getting wood because of horse races. So yeah, <laughs> this show took an awkward turn. Sure did. <laughs> yeah. This this for the last segment. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, and I've been drinking. This was, this was filled up to here with Woodford when I started the show. So <laughs> really ask any question you want. I'll probably tell you anything at this point. Oh, look at this. This is great. I'm having, so this is, this has been one of my uh, uh, most fun shows that we've ever done. I, I love that. Um, all right. So, so excited. I get wood race of the week for me. 
Uh, I've got up on the screen here. Uh, it's it's race. Uh, what race is this? Race uh, eight at Gulfstream Park. Um, is that right? Yeah, race eight at Gulfstream Park. It's a maiden special weight going a mile and an eighth uh, for three-year-olds. Why am I excited? Listen, Jared isn't here, but his horse is. Number one, Ghazali uh, is here, entered in this race. Uh, this, If you remember, uh, so there's a couple of reasons why I'm really excited for this race. But uh, uh, honest and truly, let's get serious for a second. Ghazali comes out of the prevalence maiden special weight. That was on uh, uh, Pegasus Day. Let's see what Ghazali does here. Because if you remember, he's kind of up. Oh, mid-ish towards the front, but not on the lead type, fourth or fifth, taps on the brakes. He's last. He's out of the picture. I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good for Jared. Then he comes flying ass back. Uh, you know, he was no nowhere near prevalence, but he almost gets second. He got, he got third, but almost second. Now we stretch him out to a mile and an eighth. I think that's kind of critical, right? I think if he can win here, we might see him jump to a derby prep next time out because he gets that mile and an eighth race under under his belt. I think the big key to this race is which one of these horses gets that mile and an eighth the best, because they're all kind of mediocre-ish from a speed figure standpoint. I think Ghazali could take a big step up, but even if he doesn't, I'm still excited to see which maiden in this field says, yeah, I'll, I'll run that mile and eighth. That's no big deal. So I'm very excited for race eight on Saturday at Gulfstream. Uh, a good maiden special weight. You know, We're, we're kind of late in the game where – you know, it's going to take a, a horse to be really good to win a maiden special weight and hop on the derby trail. But there's still time, but it needs to be now. So maybe this horse uh, can do it. And, yeah, Mark, uh, like you said, winner goes to the Florida Derby. I think if, if it's Ghazali, that's possible. I think if it's an aggressive trainer, it's possible. Like uh, Dale Romans, he's got a 30-to-1 shot in here. If that horse wins, I think he'll go to the Florida Derby. So uh, I'm excited for that. Are you excited for this one, Magic? I, I be honest, I hadn't looked at Gulfstream beyond race 11 until you brought it up. I am excited now because of Ghazali and because of what it'll mean for prevalence and the rest of the picture moving forward. Because right now we're all looking at prevalence like hey, it was one race, but God damn, what a race. This race will tell it from Ghazali. I hope he gets a clean trip and there are no excuses for whatever happens. Um, and if he gets a win, I mean, especially if he wins big, you got to love prevalence's chances moving forward. I want to know from you because you're, I love how you look at, and analyze this sort of thing. What's what kind of win do you need to see from Ghazali to make him go to the Florida Derby like Mark Heft is, is suggesting? Do you, does he need to win like Prevalence did by eight and a half? Does he, if he wins by two, did, do you kind of step back on it? What are your thoughts here? The distance and the and the fact that all these horses, not just Ghazali, they do have a start under their belt. It, it, that coupled together kind of makes it where it doesn't have to be just a blowout victory. I think any horse that's finishing fairly well in this race and wins probably is going to think about going to a prep of some sort. Maybe it's not the Florida Derby. Maybe it's like the wood, but to have that victory at a mile and an eighth, which is the distance of the, you know, Arkansas Derby, the wood, uh, the Florida Derby, the Santa Anita Derby, they're not going there, but still you have a, you have a win at the distance of what these last major preps are going to be you kind of put that in your back pocket. I don't think it has to be just a crazy performance. It just needs to be solid. So can any of these horses not stumble bunny home? That's the key to this race uh, to, to take a, 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 a Samich, you know, reference there. So um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think he has to be overly impressive. I just think he needs to be finishing up well. And you kind of talk about uh, the, the last like quarter, what did they come home in? You, you, you reference that a lot with these mm -hmm. three-year-olds. 
that that's what you got to be looking at here, right? How how fast did they come home, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize you were handing off me. Yeah. I think that that's definitely something you want to look at, especially going to mile and an eighth because you're, you're expecting these horses to slow down, but how badly do they slow down? Uh, the, the freaking, uh, Fenway and Hozier race at Santa Anita park on Monday, yep. uh, that race. Yeah. Visually you're like, Oh yeah, Hozier did a good job. And you look at the time you're like, they came home in 26 and change. Yeah. I don't really want to touch that horse moving forward in the derby prep. If he can't, if he can't do more than 26 and change coming home. So that's going to be a big factor for Ghazali too. Yep. I agree. All right. So there it is. There's our rapid fire picks for this week. Let's really hope that, uh, uh lock that shit up. Pick gets home. Let's let, yeah. Magic. If it doesn't, I'm totally blaming you. Uh, All right. Uh, the between Dennis and uh, was who was the other one that said that took a weird turn? Was that Vicky or was that someone else? I couldn't. Uh, Mark. Oh, it was Mark. It was Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So if you weren't pay attention, if you weren't paying attention, or you weren't, or you just joined us, the the last part, <laughs> the last part of the show is questions for Magic, and you can ask him anything. Any, it doesn't have to be horse racing related, but it certainly can be as well. So. You ask Magic anything. That's how we're going to close out the show. Uh, we've got the horse racing out of the way. Now we're just going to have a little fun. Oh, we've kind of had some fun anyway. Um, I'll say I've been having a blast. Yeah, this has been this has been a very fun show. Uh, no doubt. I've no been drinking Jack, a lot. This, so. been, this has been a fun show. All right. Well, because because how many times have we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs this show? That's why. Yeah. Good point. And, and with with Ricky, we haven't you know we haven't talked about Syracuse or the Ravens or Lamar. So it's. <laughs> and why is that, Aaron? Why is it we never seem to talk about Syracuse or the Ravens on the, any of our shows? Yeah, because nobody gives a fuck about any of the, either one of those teams. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are you we, ready? We really man? do love each other. That, that, I don't know. Sometimes I'm worried that we, that we sometimes we seem too hard on each other just generally. I'm like, I feel like I need to remind people once in a while we do love each other. Well, you know, I, I said on the text chain uh, the other day, we were still giving you crap about not playing that 12 horse last week on the Magic Mike show. And it's like, you know, I'm really happy that that we always just, you know, forget and move on with this group. We never bring like your son will be six years old and you'll bring him to the track for the first time. And we'll be there and we'll be like, look, your your dad is such an idiot. Six years ago, he didn't play this 12 horse. You know what I mean? But well, what's great about that too is because that, that was just a. I think he just broke his maiden in that race, right? And so, what if Omnia ends up becoming some like major, like game-changing stallion? And then yeah, you're gonna see you know little baby Magic, but like he's like I like this horse because he's by Omnia, and they're gonna go listen, man. I got a story for you about your dad and Omnia, and I'm just gonna disappear into the paddock. <laughs> All right, we got to get to this though, Magic, because there's some really good questions coming in. So. Oh, I haven't been paying attention. I've, I've purposely, I haven't been paying attention. So, all right, yeah, let's go. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, that's all the time we have. But before we check out, I promised everybody questions for our guest. You can ask him anything. It could be horse racing related. It could be personal questions. It could be weird questions. We've got them all. Um, I'm going to start off with a weird one. Our I love good weird. Friend, Dr. Miranda has chimed in. Magic, if you batted for the other team, which of the racing dudes would you choose to take out on a date? Uh, Dr. Miranda, I haven't actually posted your video yet, so uh, thank you for chiming in before I went through the, all the effort of doing that. No, I was kidding. Oh, God. If I, uh, 
Ooh, which of the racing dudes would I choose to take out on a date? Okay, uh, so we're not playing FMK. We're just playing, this is just a one like date thing, right? I'm ask, I have to ask you all my clarifying questions, Erin, because I know she can't, there's like a, a delay with the question here. Well, she's going to ask. I want to think about this. I want to give her a real answer here. It's not MFK. It's it's just, if you could take one of us out on a date, who would it be? Oh, you know, huh. this is this isn't because we're on the show together. Just you and I can we usually get wrapped up. We'll do like a five minute phone call and it's like a half hour later and we're, we're talking about 15 different things then. So I feel like for a date, you and I just conversationally, we, we could have a really great time uh, as long as you're not waking up in the morning next to me, <laughs> you know. We're good. I, I think I'm fine because you're gonna. I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna roll over and look at me like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like, no, get what, get the hell out. And why did you stay the night? So, that would be my answer. <sighs> you didn't think I was gonna take this so seriously, did you? There we go. All right. So that was a good way to get this thing off. Um. <laughs> Uh, while, while Aaron's still laughing, if people ask, Bimbo's Pizza is, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. This was my favorite restaurant in the world. It's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So if you're ever in there, best pizza ever right here. That's what the, that's what the sweatshirt is. All right. Yeah, that's, I, I, he explained that to me too. And that it's, that is really cool. Actually. I love that kind of stuff. There's a coffee place here in uh, Joplin. I, I, if they had sweatshirt, I would get one. Cause it's just, I don't know. You just, you just love places like that. Local places are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here's a serious one. We'll get back. We'll get to all of them. Don't worry. Uh, uh, what's your favorite handicapping angle? The one that seems to work the most. <laughs> Looking at Aaron's picks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's bad. Cause I look at magic picks. So. <laughs> that can't be right because the site's still in North is still working. So I don't know how it works. Um, okay. Seriously. Handy. So if I was thinking, if I was away from Santa Anita, because that's obviously a place that I know really well. So if I was going to, uh, to Laurel or Fauner park, my go-to handicapping angle, God, I'm kind of like your dad. I really like to look at the trainers. What is the trainer good at? Cause that's my first go-to. If I don't know the track or the situation very well, what is this trainer good at or bad at? And how does it fit into this situation? And then I go look at the form. But for me, the first thing really is the trainers. All right. I like that. Good answer. Okay. Here's the other one from Feldy. Uh, where's the best place to get a cocktail in Southern Cal- a cocktail, a cocktail in Southern California. <laughs> you get a tall cocktail pretty much. Uh, that's a great one. Um, I mean, the easy answer is anywhere that's got a view of the ocean. Um, there is a place the first time I ever came out. So we're getting personal about magic so I can take all the time I want. So, um, yep. When I first started dating my wife, we were both still in Michigan. We met in college. And uh, she moved out here to work in television, which she now does, which is awesome. Uh, but she was living in a town called Marina Del Rey, uh, which is really close to LAX. So if you've been to LAX, you've been pretty much in Marina Del Rey. And when I was coming to visit her for the first time after she moved out here, I was trying to find a good place, a nice like romantic dinner spot that I could take her one. I, th- I was going to be in town for about four or five nights. So I was like, I want one like the last night I'm in town, it's going to be something really nice and romantic and fancy and, and just a really great like end note before I go back to Michigan. We won't see each other for a few months. And so I did some research and there's a place in Marina Del Rey called The Warehouse. And they have this like, hmm. I don't know, it's like, it's like a, 
half of a furlong long of a deck that's right on the marina and then the marina empties out into the ocean so you've got all the boats you can see the boats parade by um, and then you can see out to the ocean you've got a nice breeze every it's just one row of tables too which is nice you don't have to look around like you know the fat guy to see the ocean or the boats go by so uh, the warehouse the marina del rey but really anywhere with a beach view which is like half of california you can't go wrong there you go. Now I've learned something. So if COVID ever ends, I will come back out. And, and I mean, that's maybe, a big if, but you know. And maybe Magic will go on our date, the same place you took your wife. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have to ask, what kind of chair does Magic have in his office? It seems uber bouncy. Magic, what kind so of So I love that she asked this question because this is a legitimate chair. Um that I, I'm going to get up for a second. I make sure I don't step on my wire here. Um, this is a gamer chair. Uh, it leans. I don't know if you can tell very well in the, yeah, you can see how it leans this way a little bit. See how mm -hmm. it's dipping. Okay. So you remember Aaron, uh, pretty well, a couple years ago, broke my leg and I literally, my day for about two, two and a half weeks was struggle to get myself up and out of bed, crutch over into the living room and plop down in this chair until I had to go to the bathroom or until it was time to go to bed and then, you know, head back that way. So my left leg was broken. So I was constantly sitting like this. So the chair has got a lot of things effed up with it. And this used to be my wife's office chair. I owe her a new one because my broken leg broke it. But the reason I found your comment about it being so bouncy funny, because I literally used to just sit on this all the time when we would do the Magic Mike show. And I literally was bouncing because I just I didn't realize it. I'm sitting on a ball. What are you supposed to do other than bounce on it? So, uh, yeah, that's why I love that question. There you go. Yeah, if you've ever met Magic, too, he's very he's very bubbly. He's, he is, you know, he doesn't like to sit still very often. Have you ever seen um, the Magic so Mike show? My hands do this all the time. When I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. I have that same problem. I like to talk to my hands. My dad does, too. I think that's what I get it from. Uh, I think dad gets it from coaching because he's coached for so long and he's very animated and being around him. And, you know, anyway, uh, not, this, this is not my segment. This is your segment. Um, all right. Here's one for you. How many times have the corporate overloads or, or overlords issued you a raise magic? You should be locking up a 13 year deal. <laughs> um, how many times? So I can actually give you a real answer. One two, three. Okay. It's either four. It's between four and six times. So it gets a little fuzzy because I've been drinking, but it's, it's, it's between four and six times. That's how many times should they be locking me up on a 13 year deal? No, because I've been working for them for three years and there's been four to six raises in that time. You lock me in on 13 years. That better be 26 raises that you're locking me in at. So <laughs> hopefully we can continue to give him raises because like I said at the beginning of the show, if you weren't around, magic is the glue of the whole operation. And I truly mean that. I'm not just, you know, uh, suck it up to him because he picked me for the date. Uh, I, I, I truly mean he is the glue of the operation. I like this one. Christopher Potts been waiting a while. Magic, do you have any more Chad Summers inside info for us? That's a great joke. So if you don't know the joke, um, he could be a total asshole. Mike and I were doing a sequence at Aqueduct, like October, maybe November, a long time ago. Um, and uh, there was Chad Summers had a horse racing in the finale that was, I think, twenty to one or something on morning line, a long shot. And I just happened to text him. I was like, "Hey, like, I, you know, you got to actually have a horse that we're talking about for once uh, that isn't mind your biscuit." I was like, "Hey, do you, what's his chance?" And 
Chad called me because he was driving. We talked for like 20, 25 minutes, and, and he hated that horse's chances on the phone. Hated it. So then we got the Magic Mike show. Neither of us picked the horse, and Mike says, hey, wait a minute. I heard you were on the phone with Chad Summers. What happened? And so I said, oh, Chad hates this horse. He's got no shot. That son of a bitch – I don't know if I don't even know if I'm talking about Chad or the horse at this point. That son of a bitch won and paid like 36 to one, and everybody who listened to the show chimed in on Twitter or email or on the live stream because I'd come on and said Chad hates it, and God damn it, Chad hated the horse. So, yeah, no, I haven't talked to Chad Summers in a while. Listen, I'm still, I mean I'm still this, mad about that. I, I mean this with love. I really do. I, I like Chad Summers a lot. He's one of the friendliest guys I've ever met, whether it be racing or otherwise. Yes. He is so full of shit. It's he's, he's the most full of shit person I've ever met in my whole life, but he is super nice and we like you. Well, um, you didn't meet Jorge Navarro. You just heard about him. That's that's why you say Chad is the one that's... I shouldn't compare Chad to Jorge. I'm sorry. I, that makes it sound... That, there's so many reasons I shouldn't make that Do you know who... I, uh, a, I've met Jorge Navarro. B, do you know who introduced me to Jorge Navarro? Was it Slim? Chad Summers. <laughs> oh, Chad did. Okay. Yeah, no, Chad introduced me to Jorge, too. I got done interviewing. He says, hey, you want to talk to Jorge Navarro? I was like, yeah. And, and let me tell you something. Jorge Navarro is a really, really nice individual when you talk to him. He absolutely is. I'm not going to sit here and mouth him. Now, he's an awful person, obviously, for what he did, but he's, he was always nice. Very nice person uh, when you talk to him. I'm not saying he's a good person. Let me back that up real quick. But he was very friendly. Um, yes. All right. Uh, Jared Clement says, Magic, you mentioned Comic-Con earlier. Do you LARP? Is that how you say it? Is that the way it's LARP, yeah. Yeah, it stands for Live Action Role Play, yes. if you remember. Um, oh, God, what was that movie with uh, with Sean William Scott and Paul Rudd? Not oh, Step Brothers. shit. Um, Role Models. Yeah. One, I, I love that movie. Role Models still makes me la- like cry laughing when I watch it to this day. Um, they, they do a lot of LARPing in that. Uh, it's basically people who uh dress up and you you role play you participate in a fantasy sort of game um a lot of times it's you know knights and dragons and and game of thrones stuff but it can be anything i do not larp um i don't have the the free time for larp i would it's one of those things that i've always thought would be fun i just don't uh i just don't have the free time for it right now especially with a kid on the way uh, coming in a couple months but uh yeah. I, I would love to try larping so it, it, they make it look so fun in in role models you did you see that movie Oh, yeah. Oh, I absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And listen, Comic-Con, maybe one year I can come out, we can LARP, and that will be our date, Magic. You've got a lot of great ideas. So. I know I know some great places to get a cocktail down in San Diego, too, when it's Comic-Con time. Listen, we'll, just, I, we'll just tie everything in here. <laughs> I, I know a lot of nice places. San Diego, oh, it kills me that I didn't make it last year. Um, that is a fun place. Here's kind of, it's kind of a, a magic. I have a five month year old daughter. Uh, you know, basic question is at what age will you take your kid to the track for the first time? I plan on taking mine to Fairmont Park, maybe pick a different one as soon as possible to see if she loves it or hates it. Magic, uh, when's the little guy going to the track for the first time? Oh, Forget that's about COVID. A... Don't, don't, not COVID related. Yeah. It's over. Hmm. Uh, realistically, I think Delmar's fall meet would be a good time because at that point he's due. So here's the thing. My kids do uh, two days after the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> so um, three days. I'm sorry. Three days. I can already. She's not yelling, but I can hear my wife silently yelling at me. Uh, three days after the Kentucky Derby. So um, it's not going to be anytime soon. Um, but I think, you know, by you figure what, late October, early November, you know, 
I don't know how kids work. By the way, I feel so bad with Mark Heft because he comments on, on your show all the time, on our show all the time. The thumbnails are so small when people comment. I just now realized that the entire time he's been following us, that it's been his five-month-old daughter in his photo, and I didn't realize that until just now. But that, that's a very cute photo, Mark. All right, here's one uh, for you. Samo likes to bet bombs. Samo bombs. Why is Magic nicknamed Magic? That's not a question for me, is it, Aaron? Why am I nicknamed Magic? No, and so this is kind of funny. Um, I, I I had an article done. Magic used to edit for free for us, but actually, by the way, which is you did that for actually Magic. Magic said, "Hey, I want to edit for you guys. I'll do it for nothing." And he did it for a month, and he did such a good job. It's like we got to pay you something. Yeah, I didn't ask for it. You you guys started offering to pay me. I didn't ask for that. No, you certainly didn't. Uh, I'll definitely make that clear. And anyway, uh, uh, he did such a good job. I I, I called Jared one day. I said, this was back when we didn't have any money, really. And we had some, but not not enough to really pay him much. But I said, we got to throw him something because he's doing such a good job. Uh, and so anyway, I would text Magic when my articles were done. And one day I text him, and this is why we need an editor, by the way, too. And I said, uh, it's ready for you, Magic. And I meant to write, it's ready for your magic. And he said, okay. And then I said, uh, I put like the star and put uh, uh, ready, your, like your, like not you, your. And he goes, oh, I thought magic was my new nickname. And it stuck ever since. And we've called him that ever since. Because uh, we, we went, oh, because our articles were so terrible because I'm not smart enough to edit or, or, or write well. Um, so magic is the magic man. He's the magic man. Like, like my dad said, he, he, I, I throw my article up there and then it comes on the site and it's like, wow, I can't believe I did this. It's like, you didn't do it. Magic did it, you know? So um, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely why we call him magic. So it stuck with him. I'm going to, I'm going to timestamp this and then uh, record, like just cut out you explaining that because I've been asked this two, three dozen times. I've never once told it as well as you just told it. Like you, you were very clear, succinct. Had a little bit of humor and it was over. Me, I try, I get halfway through the story, realize people are bored, try to make it funny, and the whole thing just blows up in my face. I've gotten to the point I'm about to just make up an, a, a totally different backstory for how I got the nickname Magic because I can't tell the story just as well as you did. Yeah, I remember it very clearly. I have a very good memory, so I can. I, you really do. You that really helps do. me in racing too because I don't have to look at every single horse all the time. I can, anyway. Again, not my segment. Um, Magic, does it upset you that Ricky won't put you on his show as a guest recently? Santa Anita card. You were on the Santa Anita card on Monday, so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I, I think I, I'm not on as regularly as you, and that's okay with me. First of all, there's a three-hour time difference, so when Ricky goes live, it's 8 a.m. here, and I am out of bed. He, we make jokes about it, but I am out of bed. Uh, I usually get a bit between six and six thirty. I'm out of bed, but. Um, eh unless Aaron wakes up next to me and, you know, after a date night, but, uh, <laughs> uh, for Ricky, no, I'm really happy that Ricky is, uh, he's kind of forging his own path. You're, you're obviously guiding him and helping him. And, you know, I come on, I've been on twice. Mike's been on a couple of times. Jared's been on, we help, but I feel, really feel like, uh, everyone on the racing dudes team, uh, has a very clear strength or strengths and that like, you put them in that lane and then that's they're able to maximize their performance. And, and so that's why I'm always happy to be kind of a background person because, you know, you have all the free picks that you do for the site and the articles and, and that you do every day for, you know, throughout the week. You know, I'll be, I'll be happy to be in the background editing or Mike does, you know, the Magic Mike show. 
I know you're not coming real. You might want, you might care a little bit about my opinions. Mike's the guy that's out there cashing five, you know, five figure tickets. I, I know who the audience is coming for. That's fine. I'm happy to be in the background uh, for Ricky's thing. I, you know, I listen, I love listening. If, if there's a little bit of feedback, I, you know, I might give him some feedback or something, but if he asked me to come on, but I'm very happy to kind of watch and see how he grows and develops and with you and Jared to help and guide him too. So, you know, that's, that's the heartfelt way of trying to answer what I think was supposed to be a snarky comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I, I want Ricky to take the chill and make it, make it his own. And he yes. kind of looked at it as, is it's him and I, and I don't really mind. I, I, you know, if you want to come on or Mike or whatever, that'd be fine. But I, I enjoy it. I, I definitely enjoy uh, doing it with uh, doing the show with Ricky. And, and when we, we all three did uh, Santa Anita on Monday, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, I, you've asked, before go you go, sorry, before you go back to that. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad he asked that again. Cause I, he was, he, that was the very yeah. first question that got asked. Um, one second, Patrick. Uh, for, uh, Mike came up with this idea. I don't know if he's talked to you about this or not. Or maybe we should talk about a public forum, but fuck it. Oh, shit. I got to edit that out. Damn it. God damn it. I was doing so good. Uh, Mike had this idea that once we get to, like, Saratoga Del Mar season, uh, that we kind of change Ricky's format, like, a little, adjust that. Because it's, it's amazing to have a daily show. There isn't anybody that does a daily show like what Ricky's doing where it's, here's, here's four races. We're going to really dive into it to help you on this day. Uh, what if we, you know, when Saratoga and Del Mar kicked off, you do. First half of the show is Saratoga. You bring in, you know, you or Mike or Slim or Vinny, somebody to talk about Saratoga. And then the second half is Del Mar and you bring in me, Mike, you, whoever wants to talk about it, and you kind of split it up that way yeah. because right now it's a little, a little dead. We're waiting for the tracks to really heat up. So just something to throw out there. Yeah. I tell him, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Um, Recommendations for safe place to bet: TVG, uh, Naira bets, Twin Spires. Anything else? No. the The way he worded it the second time, it makes me think he might be international. Um, um, that one, oof, that's a hard one. I, I, okay. Well, well I'll just say it. I, I illegally bet online, <laughs> overseas, like a lot of us do. Um, I use a website called BetDSI. I've had the same account. Uh, for I think since I was in college, which is I graduated in 2010. So I haven't added money to it, but I've also never withdrawn money. So it could just be fake money the whole time and I never get to see it. But I've had a lot of friends with bet DSI. They've had success. Um, they do have a race book for that. So that is an option for you. But I also, if it, if we're talking internationally, I really don't want to give too much faith into any of these things. If it was, <laughs> if you were based in the States, what Aaron said, TVG twins, I hate, I hate, CDI and Twin Spires. So I'll say TVG and Naira Betts, and I'll leave Twin Spires out of it because I just hate them so much. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, here's a good one. What did you both do for work before racing dudes? That's oh, I uh, my uh, family owned a, uh, a little sporting goods store in the town that uh, Jared and I grew up in, and uh, I, I helped run that for years, since from like 16 to 30. Uh, so, uh, I, I did every function you could possibly imagine and it taught me how to run a business. So when we, we got going with the racing dudes, it really helped because we had the back end of it covered. I knew how to keep books. I know how to keep accounting. I know how to do all that kind of stuff. So it, it really helped in that regard, uh, budgeting, uh, you know, things like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little athletic store, mostly shoes, uh, clothing, uh, you know, baseball, football, basketball equipment, soccer also. So magic. Nikes. Yeah, you, you guys sold Nikes. We talked about this very shoe when I bought it. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Uh, just, again, uh, 
not not my segment, but I, I, any kind of Nike shoe that's ever been made, I know all about it, and it probably sold it. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, me, I spent, because uh, it started the show, I talked about how uh, literally a year ago today, I quit my, or I turned in my resignation notice. Um, I had for six years, I had managed luxury condominiums out here in Los Angeles. I have a hospitality background, so I went to, to college uh, to learn how to manage hotels without realizing that was actually a, a segment of the industry you could focus on. And then I got to college and realized that Grand Valley State University actually had a very strong hospitality program. Uh, so I did that for a while. I got to do a lot of internships at some really cool resorts. I got to go to Walt Disney World for a semester. Like I literally just spent a semester of college at Walt Disney World, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Vinny Blonde got to do it. That's how actually how he met his wife. Uh, so another success story there. Uh, and then I came out to um, Los Angeles or out, out to California um, working for the Lancaster Jethawks, which are now, I very much hate to say this, and now defunct minor league baseball team because the whole minor league baseball system got uh, overthrown or, or, or turned over and a lot of teams just kind of thrown to the side. But uh, I happened to, um, so my, my now wife moved out to California. Um, I realized very quickly after she left that this was probably the woman I wanted to marry and I needed to figure out how the hell I was going to get to Los Angeles and just find a job. <laughs> Um, and I'd always been interested in sports hospitality, porn magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I heard Slim had such good success that I had to, to follow up with him. So, um, uh, no, I, I, I wanted to work in sports hospitality cause I was like, you go to like a, uh, like the Oklahoma city thunder. Yep. And if you're like a suite or something, you're like, there's all this food and like the servers and like, everything's really nice. And it's like, somebody's in charge of that shit. I want to be, I was like, I think it'd be fun to be that person who's in charge of everything in a stadium like that. And uh, got a, I, I looked out in California at the different baseball teams, found out that the guy who was the director of food and beverage for the Lancaster Jethawks went to my rival high school and we had several friends in common. I sent him a, a, a personal email and I said, I kind of want to be like you someday. I think it'd be fun. What advice do you have? And we talked for about two hours and he gave me all the, the real low down gritty, like it's a lot of, lot of hours. Not a lot, not really any pay, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So if you're still interested, and I was, so then I, I worked for him for a couple of years, then moved to Los Angeles, moved in with my wife, um, and uh, did kind of. I, I did a bunch of smaller hospitality things, different hotels, and I worked mm -hmm. at a I worked at a law school for three months as a temp because I was just between jobs, and then got the condo job. And uh, around that time is actually that friend, that that boss of mine, is really close friends with Dan Waite who's wise Dan, who introduced me to horse racing, which is the whole goddamn reason I'm sitting here on camera right now. So how about that? How about that? I just brought it all full circle for you. The whole reason that I'm here is because my goddamn friend boss gave me a job in minor league baseball in 2012. You know, knowing that story now, it's probably disappointing that you're here with us, but <laughs> you didn't get your goal, Magic. But <laughs> no, the only thing that's disappointing is that he was a, like my boss was a horse racing friend uh -huh. or, or a horse racing fan. Uh, and at the time he like every month or so, cause we used to go to Vegas about every month, month and a half. He was like, man, we gotta go play the horses at Hollywood park sometime. It's great. And I was like, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. And I just kept like pushing it off, pushing it off. And then I got into horse racing and I keep hearing about how great this old track called Hollywood park used to be. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I was that close. I could have been there. But Ryan Silman always told me, yeah, Hollywood park was great once it closed down. But when, uh, when it was around, everybody was like, I hate Hollywood park. It's a dump. So, oh, the whole area around that where the, cause that's yeah. where LA Ram stadium is now. That whole area is, I mean, it's improving now, but it, 
Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> I've always heard it was bad. And Jared chimed in and said the show is still going. People keep asking questions. I really didn't think this would last this long, but people are still asking. So, uh, you know, listen, uh, Dennis, you get or uh, Magic, you gave some advice to Dennis, which mm-hmm. helped him. He interviewed Trevor McCarthy and Katie Davis. Uh, yeah, Dennis, uh, go check that out. Uh, shoot, maybe where we could go see it or a link or something, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put that up. Uh, I know you've kind of you, you said it a couple times on the show, but yeah, I, I haven't listened to it because I don't know where to go. But um, yeah, I'll definitely go listen to that. Uh, let's see if there's anything else before we go. Uh, oh, Dennis says I would love to do uh, Saratoga with you guys at some point. Yeah, absolutely. If we can go, well, let's do it. The more, the merrier. There, um, Magic. I don't know what your situation if you can go, but uh, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll Tune see. in and find out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I know when is NH, uh, NHC supposed to be in August, right? Mm-hmm. In Vegas. That'll probably be the first time I get to leave. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. Uh, great backstory. Uh, story was longer than the Lakers season. <laughs> Uh, Listen, right. as long as it was longer than, or uh, not as long as the Red Wings season, that's all I care about at this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, Christopher Fott says he's ready uh, for bed. Uh, let's see. A three threes, me with Dennis. Uh, oh my gosh, they're coming in like crazy. Uh, let's just a couple more because we got to get out of here. Sure. Uh, I haven't been paying attention. I feel like I should be looking. I didn't realize it was so slow for so long. I know. And it's coming up like crazy. This is a good one. When was it when you uh, knew you were going to uh, be able to do horse racing for a living? Uh, I'll answer first. Able to uh, Reader's Cup 2000. Uh, when was that? Uh, 19 when Accelerator won. Yes. Yeah, it was at Churchill Downs. I was. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the whole story. That was a real pivotal moment for the track or for the site. We've been doing it for a living for a couple of years. Uh, but when that happened, that I'm not gonna get into it. It was a crazy backstory. It was. A, it was the most stressful weekend of my life. I thought we were done, but. Uh, anyway, it, it all worked out and you were there for that as well. And you saw that turning point of the whole thing. Uh, when I knew I had to do it for a living was after Zenyatta came to, uh, Oakland for the second time. So I had that day on Friday and then Saturday was the Arkansas Derby, uh, that line of David won super saver was second Dublin was third and then super saver goes on to win the Kentucky Derby next time out. But it was just two great days of, uh, Perfect weather, like 72 degree, not a cloud in the sky weather. Uh, it was the greatest weekend of my whole life. And uh, we were sitting in a little uh, hamburger joint on the way home with my dad, uh, knowing I had to go back to the store to work the next day. And it's like, I, I can't I can't do that forever. Like, I have to do this. So that's that was for me. What about what about you, Magic? I got you know what? It's uh, it's going to be Breeders Cup. It was 2018 when you went. Delmar. Right? No, no, yeah. 2018 was the Breeders' Cup you were talking about that Accelerate one. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I did the – I was we were one year off there. Um, so, But I will say, yes, Breeders' Cup 2017, Del Mar, right mm-hmm. here, um, because that was the first Breeders' Cup that I went to. I had met you and Jared and Ryan uh, a year before because the Breeders' Cup was in Santa Anita, and uh, I met you guys, the, I think, the night before – yeah, the night before the weekend started. So I, I met you guys then, but um, – it was the Del Mar one because that still is my favorite overall, I think, trip that I've ever had horse racing wise because it was the first time I was ever fully immersed from mm-hmm. the backside to the press box to the like how the whole machination behind the scenes worked. Um, that was when I first really realized wh- how big of a scope horse racing really was and that you really could 
uh, with a lot of hard work and perseverance, you could make a living doing it. So, yeah, I think that because that was the weekend when I was like, I, like everything clicked and I was like, oh, my God, this is like the perfect fit for me with yeah. all of these guys, all these different perks. It was you and Jared, uh, Dan and Slim and Ryan. And I was like, if the six of us staying in that condo that week, I was like, this is just it just fit. It just fit. That's how I knew. Uh, that's I went away from there knowing you would work full time with us because that was like the, one of the greatest trips ever. Yeah, I agree. It was so much fun. Um. Okay. Listen, we're at an hour and thirty-one. There's still questions coming in. Uh, I guess we'll keep this going. Let's let's be quick. <laughs> I've got I've, I've got until uh, six forty slash eight forty because at some point I need to go. Uh, I've if you, if you guys don't know, my wife is uh, six and a half months pregnant. Um, and it's not that she can't cook dinner; she knows I cook dinner. But I promised I would cook, so I do want to make sure I fulfill that promise later. Okay. All right. So we're going real quick now. Favorite uh, small track to watch the races live. Uh, where sorry. what are you doing no i was scrolling i'm sorry okay uh you, yours is canterbury i've heard that's great i'm gonna try to get up there soon uh remington park for me i haven't done it in a long time but finger lakes i <laughs> love the announcer at finger lakes and there they go um how often do you go to the tracks magic you used to go every weekend i yeah every saturday i was in the press box at san anita yep, yep. um you two should get off here and have some private pillow talk now. Now that's you and Ricky's deal, Miranda. Come on, we're not gonna do that. By the way, I law I she I wish I'd been watching live. She sent me that clip uh, from Rocket Hour, and I I I. You ever find something so funny you can't laugh, you just stare? That's what happened to me. I was like, I I, uh, <laughs> I was in tears just trying to hold it back because I had to do this through the show because I was on the show because I'm on the show every day. Uh yeah, it was that. <laughs> Miranda, that that was hilarious. You made my day that day. Um, favorite ticket you ever cashed? Not necessarily the most you've ever cashed, but the reason. Maybe a favorite horse that won you money. Uh, for me, it was when we we pulled all our money at the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar and we hit that trifecta for like what was that? Like a couple 12, grand. Uh, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. That was my favorite because we all did. We all were in together and we went nuts. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite. You. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's because it's the, it's the first time I ever uh, really went in on a ticket with a bunch of people and it hit. So that was yeah. I, I'll never forget. We were walking back to the. Uh, we were up on the top floor of Del Mar's press box area, and we're walking back to our annex area where we're supposed to be working. And we all knew we'd won, but we didn't realize how much because I think the yeah. prices were short enough that we didn't think we were guessing like 800, 900 or something like that. And then maybe it was more than 1200. But when it was when um, uh, uh, Mendelssohn won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, yeah. I remember hearing Saratoga Slim like 50 feet behind me scream like just the loudest whoop I've ever heard from that man. He's a small man, so it was a big whoop. And I went running back because I knew it meant we hit something a lot more. And I went running yeah. back with you guys to see what it was. And, yeah, the whole excitement about that, that that was a cherry on top of the weekend. Yeah, we knew we hit it. But, like I said, you went back to the room. And, and you you asked me before you left. I said, oh, five, six hundred bucks. You, you know, I don't think it'll – because we played it for $2. I thought, oh, five, six hundred bucks probably. You, yeah. You're like, well, that's great. I was like, yeah, that's great. It's not anything big. When that flashed 1,200, Saratoga Slim was right beside me. He did like – he goes – Whoop! And just ran. <laughs> like, where did he go? I went. I went down five him, and he just ran down the hallway. <laughs> that that whole Breeders' Cup weekend, I don't think we'll ever be able to top. I no. not top, but I don't think we could ever replicate that because Slim lost like ten to fifteen pounds because he didn't sleep or eat yep. the entire time he was there. Uh, you guys were were really drunk at Slim's awards festival. Slim got a goddamn award. Yeah. Um, it was Slim and Ryan sleeping in the in the the 
the the Jewish people's bedroom. <laughs> I had to censor myself there. Yeah, it was uh, it was their name, by the way. Yeah, they, no, they, yeah, they, they named they used the townhouse. That's very good. It's very good to put that. Wasn't there. Nice. Um, Aaron, are you and Jared playing tournaments this weekend? Yes, I will be in tomorrow's tournament for the NHC. Ah, oh, gosh, I almost won a couple of big cash tournaments today. So close, but I still. I quote unquote, I call it hit the board. So I made a little bit of money, but oh, I was getting close. Mark, Curlin, yeah, I know. Bad. Uh, Curlin's the reason why the racing dudes are here. Arkansas yep. Derby was my first day ever at the track. So uh, oh, you're in the main event uh, Sunday. Good. Go get them. Go get them. I'll be rooting for you. Uh, Aaron, when will you be going to Will Rogers down? Opening day. Opening day. I will be there. Uh, Did you see, there. by the way, that they announced this as Welders last season? Yes. Yeah. And I will be there when he runs as well. Uh, I think he got to uh, go for April, that April, middle April, I think, but yeah, I will be there opening day. I plan on going a lot cause I can't go to a lot of other tracks. So I'll go to Will Rogers down. Whoops. Uh, let's see. Uh, favorite jockey trainer. I don't know. That's kind of boring. Um, Pratt, Pratt Mandela. Okay. M- mine's easy. Right now I'll go, uh, Alvarado and Mott. That's a good combo. <laughs> good Lord. Um, I would have to say Flo, my favorite jockey, favorite trainer, uh, Kelly Von Hemel. Uh, look him up if you don't know him. But, but which Kelly? Kelly with the sunglasses forward or with the sunglasses backwards? Because that's important. Ooh, that's a tough one. Kelly with the sunglasses backwards usually means he's been drinking some, and I like that, yeah. Kelly. That's a good Kelly. Uh, Kelly with about five Miller lights in him is the best Kelly because he will open up and talk. The, all the Von Hemels, here's the deal. Here's the deal. All the Von Hemels are very quiet and very shy, except for Kelly. He's pretty outgoing, even when he's sober. Um, but when he's when he gets a drink and he tells old stories, and they're, they're just fantastic. They're fantastic stories. Uh, I love that guy. I love that guy to death. That, another, another person right there, uh, if we would have never met, uh, we met his son, Kelby, first. Uh, and then we met Kelly. Uh, if we would have never met those guys, we wouldn't be here. Uh, I 100% could say that. Uh, those guys taught me a lot or taught us a lot, not just me. Uh, Kelly, a great, great guy. One of the best people I've ever met in my life. I uh, love that guy. Uh, yeah, I met him at the 20, uh, 2018 Breeders' Cup. He, talked, now, we, listen, he was way drunk when you met him. Oh, oh yes, he was. I could tell he was. I met him. I was like, whoa, I can he smell was, you before I see you. He was having such a good time. I think he was drinking like whiskey and waters, which mm, <laughs> yeah, which is I great. remember the whiskey. Yeah, I know that was he was he had a lot of fun. He like he was super excited. Uh, if you could only go to one uh, one track or race this year, where would it be? I'm gonna say Saratoga. Any race. I'm gonna say Del Mar because uh, we're hosting the Breeders' Cup again this year, baby. Okay, I'll Let's change it. Del Mar. <laughs> Sorry. I Del Mar is just I mean I, I yeah. Del Mar is San Diego for me. San Diego feels like home because I'm there every week. Del Mar is just it's probably what people feel like with Saratoga where you just go there and it's just oh yeah oh it is it's heaven. I I told Heather I said uh, you have to come to Del Mar because there's so much more you could do while we're doing the racetrack thing. You can come to the racetrack and hang out. There's like little bars and restaurants and shit at the racetrack. Or, or you could just go to the beach and hell, I may go with you and let those idiots go to the stupid track. That's the thing. When I'm at Del Mar, I don't really want to go to the track. So, well, uh, that's the nice thing is that racing doesn't start until two in the afternoon. So you can go to the beach in the morning, have a couple of beers on the beach for lunch, and then you stumble yeah. to the track and then you spend the day at the track. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's a great, great place. I'll never forget the first time we went to Del Mar. Uh, you were there. You were there. Yeah, that was, that was my first time at Del Mar too. Was it really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. we went to the beach and Jared was was Jared doing that stupid? Yeah, Jared was Jared doing that doing stupid show. show. So he had to get there like six a.m. and we'd just drop him off and go to the beach. It was great. Uh, <laughs> I can confirm they serve Vuvuco by the glass at Santa Anita. I've actually had that uh in the winter circle at santa anita very nice uh i can also confirm uh, oh there you go they they serve uh white rum and they do like a triple shot uh yeah it's really good so all right you have to go cook dinner magic you've been more than gracious with your time so uh, have you and so has everybody who's been watching i really, really appreciate everybody who's been uh, sticking with us for an hour and 40 minutes honestly i think we have to do this every week because we can see like the live viewers. We didn't hardly lose anybody. So, <laughs> so that was great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on magic. This uh, was a dumb idea that I thought I had that ended up being fantastic. I hope uh, everybody listening enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I even learned a few things about magic and as many dates as him and I have been on. That doesn't happen very often. I know everything about it. So that's true. We have been um, on a lot of if dates. you're in Cal- if you're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, go get you a Bimbo's pizza. Uh, love the sweatshirt magic. Thank you everybody for listening, and good luck this weekend, everybody. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets.